Hello, everyone, and welcome to our latest edition of ToDebate.net, our podcast of debates. I'm Sebastian, and my co-host is Dirk. Hi, Dirk. I think you're in uh, the US at the moment, and it's six o'clock in the morning. How are you? Uh, I'm doing well. I'm wide awake, jet lag. Thanks. Uh, you're my friend here. How are you doing? I'm doing fantastically great. I'm happy that at least you have the jet lag on your side, because otherwise you're too strong with your arguments for our debate. So at least I have this going for me. And today we'll debate on the following question. Uh, everyone should have the right to move freely between countries. So before we get into the details of that debate, let's explain how it will run. First of all, each side will have two minutes to deliver a speech presenting their arguments in favor or against the motion. Then we'll have three minutes each to respond to the other side's initial speech and possibly add further arguments to defend our case. And finally, we'll have one minute each to give closing remarks. Now, uh, in preparation for this podcast, we flipped a coin to decide who from Dirk and myself will advocate for or against the motion. Dirk will be against the motion and I will be in favor of it. Again, the motion is everyone should have the right to move freely between countries. So, Dirk, why don't we flip, flip a coin now to decide who's going to start? All right, let's do that. So, are you heads and I'm tails? And if it's uh, heads or tails, uh, it's the, the person will start with uh, debate. Sounds perfect. So, I'm going to flip a coin here. And it's heads, so you have the pleasure to get started with debate. So, whenever you're ready, you have two minutes with your speech. Okay. Everyone should have the right to move freely between countries. Doesn't that sound amazing? I will show with four arguments, essentially, that this may not be the perfect idea to follow through. And uh, the first one is that uh, actually nations are built out of being selective in who is inside and outside. Nations live by the fact that people have common rules, that people feel like being part of a group and that they are together as one people. And by letting anyone in and out, you kind of dissolve that uh, idea of having nation states. And with that, you lose many of the things that actually make states successful, like people working towards common goals as a society. The second argument is a security. If you allow anyone to move freely, people are sometimes dangerous. And if uh, everyone moves freely, you have a hard time really controlling that. And recent events in Germany, in France, in Spain, all over the world really have shown that over and over again. The third argument is cost. If people move into countries, you have to have uh, a system that, that helps them finding work, finding a place to stay, um, helps them if they're getting sick, all these things. And most of these systems depends on a certain amount of money being flown into the system before taking something out. And last not least, actually, states depend on selecting who is in in terms of uh, capabilities and skill set and things they can contribute. That are my four arguments. I think uh, they make it very clear that uh, having everyone moving freely between countries is actually not such a good idea. So now it's your time. Two minutes for the motion. Two minutes for me. Okay. Everyone has the right to leave any country and to return to his country. Where is that coming from? Where is that quote from? It's from the Universal Declaration of Human Rights, Article 13. I'll repeat, everyone has the right to leave any country and to return to his country. 
So, as far as I know, most countries in the world, apart maybe from North Korea and a bunch of these places, I don't even know, have all signed this treaty, this declaration. So, if I just stand by that principle, well, the case is closed. Everyone should have the right. It's not in practice for a bunch of reasons, which I think amount to racism, mainly, and communitarism, uh, if I can use this uh, new word, and I can get into more details about this aspect. But before I get into these more arguments, and I'll respond to your arguments in my second part of this debate, I want to give some of my own arguments. One of them stands from a purely ethical and philosophical standpoint. You, Dirk, and I, Sebastian, were lucky to be born, or at least acquire our European citizenship. We're just lucky to be there, to be born there. Right? Why not share that luck? Right? The poor Syrian guy or North Korean dude right, who has just been unlucky to be born there and is stuck there because of his citizenship. This is, from a moral perspective, something that bothers me. Right? We're going to block people purely because they were unlucky. Right? And because we're lucky, we're, in this case, Europeans, and we can freely move pretty much everywhere on the planet, we're blocking others from that same luck. I had actually an argument on, the, on this aspect of security as well. In fact, it's not incompatible to have security in your homeland or across Europe, uh, by not having necessarily checks at the border. You can have security checks, random security checks. It has been proven over and over that having even specific profiling at airports in the US is actually completely ineffective. Finally, studies have shown that migration has always a net positive effect on the local economies. And I'm up with the two minutes, so Dirk, you have three minutes. And I have not had the time to cover anything at all of what I wanted. Go ahead whenever you want. The Universal Declaration of Human Rights. Yes, anyone is free to leave the country at any time and to return to their country. It doesn't say, though, that any other country has an obligation to take people in. It's an interesting omission from the Universal Declaration of Human Rights. It definitely means that we have to consider people that move out of countries but it doesn't mean that those people necessarily need to be free in their choice where they go to and that's even compatible with what you said earlier that we are just being lucky to be born in the western world essentially and be privileged because um, i'm not saying people should not be allowed to move out of their country i'm not saying that they should be stuck with wherever they were born in Just say there has to be some system that limits their movement, that controls their movement, and makes sure that people move to places where they actually are better off, contribute to the group they're moving to, and where these things are happening in a controlled manner. And I would be interested to hear in your three minutes what uh, you think um, contradicts one or the other on that. The other aspect that you didn't touch on at all by, by stating that we are just lucky is um, there is a reason that we are lucky. And that reason is we limit the in and outflow of goods and people. So we are lucky, lucky because we... We were born into a place in the, in the world that has uh, access to resources and was fast enough to actually create systems and borders that limited the outflow of these goods and increased the inflow of these goods. 
if we completely get rid of borders and every co everyone can move freely, chances are that things normalize and all of a sudden we are not that lucky anymore because we have to share with everyone. Now, we could say that is in itself something desirable to have, that we share more fairly and, and broadly. But uh, it also rids us of resources that we can use to actually make things better. Uh, resources that we use to build technologies, resources that we can use to really advance uh, science and uh, and human rights, all these kind of things actually depend on a smart use of resources that need to accumulate first before spent in other ways. Those were my three minutes. Thank you, Doc. Um, so it's interesting you mentioned that it's because we have limited the flow of goods that uh, our nations are prosperous or something to the tune of that where actually the trend has been completely the opposite. The flow of goods has become much more liberal and freer. There's actually almost no limit to the flow of, go of goods within the EU, for instance. And that has come together with a free flow of talent and people. In fact, one comes with the other. If you want to have a free flow of goods, you will have the free flow of people. So I think you're actually against the trend of what's going on. And as we have seen, and studies show this repeatedly, I can invite you to the one of the Harvard uh, business studies that have shown that economic impacts in the US, in the EU, have always been uh, positive when you've had net migration from wherever. Yes, in some cases, you have corner cases, war exodus from Syria and Libya, and it's not great, and it's not uh, particularly easy to manage the flow, but overall, it has a positive Im impact. And normalization doesn't have to lead towards the bottom. Uh, indeed, those people, in fact, who emigrate to uh, richer countries provide a lot of uh, money back to their home countries. So it's not at the detriment of the uh, recipient country in the sense that of the, of the hosting country. It's at the benefit of the, of the countries where they're coming from. In fact, I've looked into the studies in more details because there was the fear in the UK that suddenly you'd have an influx of Romanians and Polish people uh, after uh, these two countries uh, joined the EU. And this barely happened, right? It's like a very, very, very small fraction. And in fact, over the past 20 years, the proportion of people wanting to stay in the UK has decreased in terms of the duration they want to stay. So let me be very explicit. 25% of the migrants in the UK wanted to stay for less than two years in 1990. That share has gone up to 50%. 50% of people today will stay less than two years in the UK. So actually, even though there's a bit more migrants in the UK right now, and it's still a tiny proportion, they actually stay less because maybe they come for studies, for work, they gather up experiences. So overall, and again, studies have shown that it has a net positive effect. So it's this fear of the foreigner, which is actually fueling this irrational, I would say, argument that we should limit the, the flow of people. And finally, I'll just give an analogy. Criminal smuggling and illegal immigration happens regardless today. And there are border controls everywhere outside of the EU, Schengen Zone, and the US. It is happening anyway, regardless. Right? So do we want to let this thing happening regardless? Or do we want to be a bit more open and realize that it's actually not damaging and we should instead crack down on illegal smuggling and the corresponding trafficking that is happening? Thanks for your counter-argument. And now it's time for our final statements. One minute to close the debate and I get to start. The channel argument that you're making has one crucial flaw. It's based on a system where people are not allowed to move freely. 
So all your studies that you're citing, while being right, looking in our societies and while looking in motions, essentially, they are all flawed in the sense that they only look at very limited uh, rule sets and people that are actually not in by choice, but in because the current laws allow it to. And there is a reason for that, because it's not completely free to move goods. We control very tightly, in fact, what we let move anywhere. And we control tightly prices and we control tightly people that move around. And that's one source of our influence and it's one source of our wealth. Now, I'm all for doing um, romantic experiments. Would love to have total freedom. I just still think it's unrealistic and not such a good idea. Let's put things in perspective. 200 million people worldwide are considered migrants. That's 3% of the world's population. 3% is not going to change anything at all in terms of world dynamics and population dynamics. If anything, as I said, it does bring benefits overall. That It's uh, pluses and minuses, but overall economically, the GDP in fact, there's another study uh, which you can look up. It would uh, The expectation is that if we had free movement of people, it would double uh, the world's uh, GDP. Double, double, 100% increase. Like I was stunned to read this if we had free movement of people. And that does not mean giving free access to benefits and everything in your given country. Right? We're talking merely about the movement of people. If they don't have jobs in the hosting country, well, they're going to suffer. It's going to be tough. And well, the likelihood of them coming back to where they come from is also fairly high because they have roots over there. In any case, I do believe and want to have that dream that it's a beneficial thing for everyone to be able to freely move across countries. Thank you. Thank you, Sebastian. And now it's up to our listeners to think which argument was the stronger and maybe drop us a line on the website, on our online forum, in the voting area of the website. So it's www.todebate.net. Please, as Dirk said, don't hesitate to let us know uh, what better or other arguments we could have used uh, to make a better case for each side. And we'll review the feedback and summarize it during our, our next podcast. So stay tuned. Thank you. Bye. Bye. Bye.